Hello, hello. Welcome back to Loki's Library. And if you are new here, welcome. This is where I'm reading through the enormous library books that you see behind me. And then I give you a quick synopsis and tell you what I think about them. So if you like books, just aren't sure what to read next, hit that subscribe button, like and share my videos and let me know what you think in the comments. Continuing my journey into the insane world of social justice, this week's book of the week is Unmasked, Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy by Andy No. The accompanying cocktail is the absolutely horrifying sounding hate, which is a kitchen sink cocktail comprised of one and a half ounces of Tabasco sauce, one ounce of dry vermouth, one ounce of rum, one ounce of gin, one ounce of vodka, two ounces of peppermint liqueur, one ounce of Irish cream, two ounces of tequila, and one ounce of whiskey. God, this, this sounds absolutely terrible. Much like Antifa, which is why I picked it. Let's do this. For those who do not know who Andy No is, he was launched to national prominence when he survived a vicious beating administered by Antifa in June of 2019, which left him with a brain bleed and PTSD. And rather than beating him into submission, which was Antifa's goal, as near as I can tell, it just pissed him off because he has, ever since, made it his mission to shine a bright national spotlight on the malfeasance that is Antifa's ideology and leitmotif. I have a lot of liquor to pour into a mixing cup. And then just for my own sanity, I have a bottle of water on hand because this frankly sounds awful and I am not looking forward to this cocktail. One year after this incident where he was beaten very badly, no, in an act of absolutely insane courage that I cannot even fathom, went undercover at the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone in Seattle, Washington, where he spent a week wearing a black balaclava and gathering data on Antifa's movements in Chaz, reporting on the murders, assaults, and rapes of Antifa personnel. Like Antifa was raping people, literally assaulting people, literally. You know what, that's gonna take forever. All right, I have to get this pride off of here. What'd I say? One and a half ounces of this Oh my God, this is gonna be so disgusting. So yeah, uh, the autonomous zone where no police were allowed was basically just a crime-filled zone where a lot of bad shit happened, mostly to black people, which is painfully ironic, given that their stated goal was to protect black people from police. So didn't really work out so well. He was ultimately forced to leave Chaz. I mean, the, 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 the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone lasted for approximately three weeks while the government in Seattle ceded all rationality and allowed this insanity to reign. He was ultimately forced to leave Chaz when Antifa pegged him as Andy No, based on how he moved. Um, he has some pretty dedicated stalkers in the Antifa movement who just make it their mission to know what he looks like, how he moves, how he walks, how he talks, so that they can out him whenever he shows up. I have a feeling like his undercover days are probably over. He's still fighting the good fight online, tracking him down. God bless him. I think the man is has more courage than sense some days. Antifa really hates no. So who or what are Antifa? Oh my God, there are so many ingredients in this recipe. I'm losing track already and I've only poured one. Antifa, they say quite simply that they are anti-fascist, anti-fa right? Fa for fascist. Get it? What they don't say is they are active communists. Is this like part of the reason they don't say that is because while communism is not actually taught in school or rather the evils of communism is not taught in school, there are enough 
rational thinking adults who are aware of just how vile communism is that would put a stop to that shit right quick. So they don't say that that's what they are, but they're actually communists, literally communists. That's what they were trying to set up in the Chaz zone was a active communist zone. Cat, cat and rum. What they really don't say is that it is a-okay for them to use fascist tactics because they're actually anti-fascist. And so really they're just using the, the, the tactics of those they would take down against them to win the day or some heroic sounding like that. And don't get me wrong, there is something to be said for using the tools of those who would oppress you against them. There's a lot, like propaganda, for example. They're very good at propaganda. We should really use more propaganda against them to shine a light on what exactly they do. So what is fascism? Let's really quick take a look at that so we can understand what it is they're fighting against, allegedly. Now, fascism, according to dictionary.com, is a system of government marked by centralization of authority under a dictator, a capitalist economy subject to stringent government controls, violent suppression of opposition, and typically a policy of belligerent nationalism and racism, which all sounds admittedly terrible, right? And we know what a real world example of that looks like by looking at Nazi Germany. I mean, we're partially of the way there. We do have a capitalist economy that is subject to stringent government controls. Nobody with any ounce of intellectual honesty would call what we have in America free market capitalism. It just ain't. Everything we do is subject to government controls. When the government can tell people that they can't braid hair, for example, without undergoing a, what, two years of beauty licensing or some ridiculous <laughs> like that, you can't really say that we're not stringent uh, under the control of stringent government controls, right? So that sounds terrible, but we don't have a dictator. And so far, the only violent suppression of the opposition is done by Antifa. But that's okay, because they're anti-fascist. So they can be fascist pricks because they're actually against it. But they are communists. So what does the dictionary say the definition of communism is? Now, this was a fun little turn. Dictionary.com put what they were trying to do in Chaz as the top definition, but number two is the one I'm using because this is what invariably happens when communists come to power. A system of government in which the state plans and controls the economy with a single, often authoritarian party holding power, claiming to make progress towards a higher social order in which all goods are equally shared by the people. I do like that they include claiming to make progress towards because even dictionary.com or the people who run it at this point in time can't bring themselves to lie and say it's making progress or that they have made progress because history bears that lie out. I read how many books on communism? We got the Gulag Archipelago, we've got the Mao's Great um, Famine, uh, A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich, but that's technically fiction, technically. I, I, there's just, there's a whole lot of evil that has come out of communism. Oh, dear reader, that was a brilliant book on communism. Okay, I've got my rum, my there, I need my gin. So you can see why these two are the same sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin, excuse me, they're not the same sides of the same coin, that doesn't make sense, but they're two sides of the same coin, right? In fascism, you have one single dictator, under communism, it's one party, but it still ultimately comes to the same thing because ultimately there is one man in charge, right? China isn't known for the Communist Party that ran China, it's known for Mao, all right? 
North Korea isn't known for the Communist Party running North Korea, it's known for the Kim clan. So much so, they, they are such sides, two sides of the same coin, that when Antifa started back in the 1930s, yeah, they are 90 years old. They started in Germany. They actually worked with the National Socialist Party de Deutschland, aka the Nazis. They literally worked with the Nazis to stop capitalism because it turns out that neither fascists nor communists actually like free markets. Both go most governments actually don't like free markets, but that is a tangent, not really the topic of this book. So I'm going to skip that tangent. Vodka. There is so much alcohol in this and it sounds so terrible. So now outlines in horrifying detail how Antifa jumped from the Weimar Republic and has risen to prominence in the last decade here in the States. Basically how they made their way across Europe. And Antifa is nothing new in England. Leftist extremists are nothing new in England. Uh, and how the media has been completely complicit. Both sides, incidentally. The left pretends like Antifa is all fuzzy bunnies and fiery but peaceful protests. And the right acts like, acts like Antifa are goofy hippies who might throw a clumsy punch but are basically incapable of inflicting much actual damage. Until Noah's book came out, which is partially why they hate him so much. Peppermint schnapps. This was the other one that I had two ounces of. Two ounces of peppermint schnapps. Both sides are wildly incorrect and grossly inaccurate. Uh, but for reasons, the two versions presented are vastly different, right? We have the fuzzy bunny slippers and the ineffectual screaming children, basically, is how they're presented by the right. The left presents them as peaceful because the leftist media is completely complicit in their rise to prominence. Uh, the leftist media has been selling the, the, the bullshit narrative that fascism is on the rise in the United States, and admittedly the January 6th protests did absolutely nothing to quell that bizarre belief, even though most of America looked at them like, what the f*** are you doing, you idiots? Um, most of America is also aware that this was not, in fact, an attempt to take over the government, but the media would never actually go that far as to saying, yeah, we know it's all b My God. This is so disgusting. Part of what makes the left so complicit in this is that Antifa is very careful to curate that image. They only allow media who are friendly to them anywhere near their protests. They will run down, beat, and confiscate the cameras of anybody who is not known to them to be friendly media to them. It's partly how No came to be beaten. Partly. Um, and then his speaking up after the fact and refusing to be intimidated also earns him much hatred because, like I said, he has more courage than sense. One ounce left. Will it fit or should I just float the whiskey on top? The friendly media on the left will carefully blur out any identifying features that might lead to Antifa getting into trouble legally. And the left agrees to do this because they are complicit. Yeah, I should have gone with the big shaker. I screwed up on that one. The left will also publish ad nauseum any and all allegations of assault that Antifa reports at the hands of right-wing activists, but rarely, if ever, will retract those allegations when evidence to the contrary is made available. And acts of violence that are perpetrated by the left are never mentioned. Um, or if they are mentioned, they are immediately buried once the political affiliation of the perpetrators are made known. This topic was explored pretty strongly in Larry Correa's book, In Defense of the Second Amendment. 
on the right, they might suspect how dangerous Antifa are, but they don't actually know. And so the me social media streams will share memes showing Antifa as being ineffectual, memes like this, this, and this, right? Uh, but in reality, they are as well-armed as the worst neo-Nazis. And that's no joke. All right, he uh, no identifies several left-leaning gun clubs, which are literally never mentioned, like never mentioned, right? But they exist. Oh my God, this looks so awful. Oh my God, that is awful. That's why it's called hate. There's nothing good about that cocktail. Jesus Christ. The overwhelming flavor profile is the Tabasco sauce. No surprise there. If I could force myself to chug Tabasco sauce, I could probably drink it and be completely lit by the end of this. Uh, unfortunately, Tabasco sauce has very little flavor to me. It just tastes hot, which I like flavor, not heat. So that was a horrible waste of perfectly good alcohol. On the plus side, I will be going into my Sunday more or less sober because good God, who would do that to themselves willingly? Who would willingly allow that much hatred into their heart? Antifa members. So this is a perfect cocktail for them. Mad, I recommend it. So they are as well armed as the worst neo-Nazis and they do practice with the guns. All right, this isn't just talk on their part. And if someone is willing to pick up a gun, you must believe that they are able and willing to use it. All right, that's like gun safety 101. You don't point your gun at anything you're not willing to destroy. If they're willing to point the gun at you, they're willing to destroy you. Take that warning to heart. If nothing else, listen to that warning. So Antifa is armed, and thanks to the efforts of Project Veritas, Project Veritas managed to embed somebody undercover with them for, it was like six months to a year before they were voted out for not being violent enough. Isn't that lovely? They weren't violent enough for Antifa, and so they were kicked out. But we know the kind of a tra a training that Antifa undergoes because they, Project Veritas got these emails and shared them with Andy No. They undergo ideological training, operational security, physical training, weapons training. I mean, not even joking, when I was reading through the training regimen that Project Veritas managed to get a hold of, which are included in No's book, I thought the CIA, CIA might be able to learn a thing or two here. I mean, you go full analog when everything's digital because you can't really crack analog. They are very organized, they are coordinated, and the local governments are complicit in a way the CIA could only dream about. In Seattle, Portland, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, basically everywhere the riots were going on last year, just unabated, is because the mayors of those towns told the police to stand down. And that allowed rioting and chaos to reign for days on end. And in Portland, rioting has become so commonplace that the residents of Portland don't even notice it anymore. He covers how Antifa is winning the culture war, mostly because they have thoroughly infiltrated college campuses. Uh, for more on that, you can result, re refer back to Cynical Theories by Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay, although No includes a rundown of this phenomenon as well. And No draws the bridge between Black Lives Matters and Matter and Antifa. And um, essentially, Black Lives Matter becomes the very public face, and Antifa becomes their militant arm. And the extortion. Oh, the extortion. Uh, for example, when No went to the 2019 protest that resulted in his beating, he, he initially had a friend go with him, Bill Bradley. Uh, Bradley is politically left, but 
he's classically left, meaning he believes in free press, free speech, that stuff. He's also a martial arts instructor. So Bradley agreed to go with him, but was chased away from the riot location by Antifa. And they later sent him an email offering him the option of publicly denouncing no and siding with Antifa. They offered him street level protection from Antifa, which is profoundly thuggish and mafia-like. I mean, I feel like the Italians might want to get in on this. They also gave him the choice to publicly align his business with Antifa by turning his gym into an Antifa training facility. And the email, email closed with, quote, you can learn a lot about someone based on the enemies they make over time. And right now you have the opportunity to take a stand against hatred in our community. Please consider who you want to publicly denounce and make your decision wisely. Bradley is also somebody with more courage than common sense because most people would take that threat very to heart, especially in a profoundly blue city like Portland, which had just been demolished by riots. But Bradley decided, you're right, I can, you can determine somebody's worth by the enemies they make, and I want Antifa as an enemy because, and he rejected their offers refused to denounce no, and in the interim, Antifa has tried to ruin his business with lies and slander, which are technically illegal, but you have to actually, you know, have somebody to sue to stop the slander. Uh, businesses that are friendly to this leftist terrorist organization can be found through a website called Slingshot Collective. I checked it out as of right now. It is still active. Don't misunderstand, these businesses are not in fact dependent on doing actual business. Most operate through anonymous donations. And some of them, maybe all, but at least some, are fronts for Antifa. They at least make donations to Antifa in their own turn. And basically any semi-large city in the United States has one, including my little town of Reno. So, yay Reno. Noah outlines some of the worst violent Antifa attacks, not just the ones on him, but against federal buildings, protests, at least one school shooting, the one at uh, Cascade Middle School in Eugene, Oregon. That one didn't really get the national press that other shootings did or do, mostly because the only one killed was the Antifa person involved. Uh, the Antifa person involved incidentally had a domestic violence charge against him. He should not have had a firearm under, I believe it's federal law. And yet somehow he managed to get a hold of one that incidentally is also covered in Larry Correa's book in defense of the second amendment. So refer back to that one. It's well worth it. Antifa are homegrown terrorists and they get their power by terrorizing those around them through rioting, through intimidation, through coercion and exploitation. One of their most effective methods of terror is doxing wherein they will release the contact information of a private citizen. Names, phone, email address, physical address, all of this gets released publicly and they'll send people out to confirm the address is correct. Uh, no has video footage of Antifa checking the address on a package at his parents' house where I think he was staying, either that or they just wanted to let him know that they knew where his parents lived. While doxing is not allowed on basically any social media site, they all say, no, we're not gonna let you do this. The site will only ban the originating account which is usually a dummy account. Everybody who shares it is let off scot-free. I feel like there's a loophole there that Elon Musk should maybe close on Twitter since Twitter is a big Antifa highway. So doxing happens and the useful idiots and Antifa rebels respond in kind by terrorizing whoever is doxed, which is ironic because Antifa gave out interviews to friendly journalists about how much having their own bad actions publicized when they do get caught 
negatively impacts them personally. And the poor little babies don't like it when they get in trouble for their own actions. But if somebody dares to disagree with them philosophically, and understand this is literally just a philosophical difference, they'll call them a fascist, dox them, try and find out where they work, and try and get them fired. They will do everything they can to ruin somebody's life. Not even lying, I was reading through this book and going, well, f maybe this isn't the best time for me to reading, be reading this book. I mean, okay, my channel is absolutely tiny. Most likely this will never get seen by any of the, use, the useful idiots in Antifa. What if it does? My life could literally blow up in the next month. Who knows? But I figure if No is courageous enough to go in again and again and put himself in danger again and again and write a book that gets him made the number one enemy of Antifa and they almost beat him to death the second time they caught him. He barely escaped with his life. He barely escaped the first time they beat him, but the second time they really almost got him. And the hospital where he was taken to was Antifa friendly because they basically just left him there in extreme pain for like six hours. Because doctors, as we all know, believe in first do no harm. So if he's brave enough to do all of that, I can finish the book and state my opinion publicly, which is that this is a very important book to read. Which, I mean, Tucker Carlson says it on the cover. Tucker Carlson can afford personal bodyguards. I cannot. So we'll just have to deal with whatever comes. If it comes. It might not. Like I said, tiny little channel here. Nothing could happen. Antifa, while generally embracing anarcho-communism, has recognized the usefulness of politicians who back their cause. They recognize it because of the mayors and friendly cities who let them riot unabated, and they recognize it with a profoundly useful idiot, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who pushes the narrative that Trump is a fascist. She actually is a, not just a Democrat, she's a dem Democratic Socialist. And as the saying goes, you can vote your way into socialism, but you have to shoot your way out. I mention this because while the media has been very quiet about Antifa's movements this year, in just seven short months, it's going to be 2024 and the election season will start all over again. It's already starting now. Um, but Trump is, of course, making noises about running again. And I predict more violence in the coming months and years should Trump win or actually should anybody that Antifa doesn't explicitly approve of win because they are crying <laughs> children who don't like people who disagree with them. And uh, Antifa is planning to violently overtake the country. And they are starting with the heavily blue cities because the mayors of the blue cities won't allow the police to respond. So really, if you live in one of those cities, you are on your own. The police are not coming. Just be aware of your options. But for the love of God, if you're one of those idiots who votes for those policies and then gets upset when you don't get protected, don't come here. Don't come to Nevada. Don't. We're good without you. Just stay where you're at and fix your own shit before moving elsewhere. But if you're wondering how to tell which press you can trust, if the press is allowed to record or interview Antifa unmolested, they are complicit. As No says, quote, I did not like Trump's 2019 comment describing the mainstream media as truly the enemy of the people, but one can see the basis for that sentiment when looking at how transparently extreme ideologues are presented as the arbiters of truth. Michael Malice recently tweeted an Emma Goldman quote from 1889. Don't you think one of the rotten newspaper offices should be blown up, editors, reporters, and all? That would teach the press a lesson. Well, that really depends, I guess. I mean, it seems likely that if a newspaper office were blown up, the papers would blame right-wing extremists. And until it came out, it was actually Antifa. 
Then the story would vanish into the black hole into which all stories of leftist malfeasance disappears. This book scared the hell out of me. It, it really did. These people are f***ing bug nuts. Um, and I was one of the ones who kind of believed the memes I shared above, right, about how Antifa is essentially just ineffective. Uh, they, I mean, they can't even get out of their chairs. How scary can they be? I mean, they're as scary as Al-Qaeda. They're as scary as the Taliban. They're as scary as the Nazis they purport to hate because what they really hate is freedom. They don't like freedom of life, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of thought. They really only like you if you goose step your way in line with them. If you deviate from their norm, from what they consider is good, you're a fascist. There is no middle ground with them. There is no allowance for a different perspective. And there is no reprieve. The only way to prove that you are not a fascist is to pay the Dangeld. I mean, too bad no one ever told the mayors of the blue cities that once you pay the Dangeld, you never get rid of the Dane. It's a famous Rudyard Kipling poem, probably not one taught on woke college campuses. Really worth it. It is always a temptation to an armed and agile nation to call upon a neighbor and to say, we invaded you last night, we are quite prepared to fight unless you pay us cash to go away. And that is called asking for Dangeld. And the people who ask it explain that one, you've only to pay them the Dangeld and then you'll get rid of the Dane. Do what we want and we'll leave you alone. It is always a temptation for a rich and lazy nation to puff and look important and to say, though we know we should defeat you, we have not the time to meet you, we will therefore pay you cash to go away. And that is called paying the Danegeld. But we've proved it again and again that if once you have paid them the Danegeld, you will never get rid of the Dane. So the cities that were complicit with the rioting, Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, Chicago, Antifa has deep roots in those cities because they know that the mayors will let them do it again and again. It is wrong to put temptation in the path of any nation for fear they should succumb and go astray. So when you are requested to pay up or be molested, you will find it better policy to say, we never pay anyone, Danegeld, no matter how trifling the cost, for the end of that game is oppression and shame, and the nation that pays it is lost. Think about that. Once you pay the Danegeld, they're there to stay. If any one city that had experienced these rioting actually sent the cops in and said, do your job, if they had mobilized the National Guard to back up the police and done their jobs, the people who actually pay the taxes would be safe. We're so and politically correct, we just pay the Danegeld again and again. That poem was not in No's book but it's highly relevant to the topic and probably should have been. Once you give Antifa an inch, they will take a mile. And the only way to win is to fight this terrorism with every breath you have. Everyone talks about right-wing extremists. I, I, everybody knows about neo-Nazi camps. I didn't even know left-wing extremists were a thing until I read this book. And I could suspect they were. I knew they were all over the college campuses. I did not know just how extreme they were. This book shed light on a growing problem that has been around for a while. It's just been underground because it never gets played in the press, ever, either side. I highly recommend this book. No is, like I said, insanely brave for the way he tackled this from the first to the way he keeps coming back to the fight to the active social media voice he has presented wherein he keeps the face of Antifa front and center, uh, shining a light on the darkness and their violence. And 
he's just god i have nothing but mad respect for this man he's insane but he has an unspeakable amount of courage oh my god and that's it for this week let me know what you think in the comments and i will see you guys next sunday i gotta go dump this hey my god look really who puts bailey's cream in with tabasco sauce i mean it's it's chunky it's literally chunky whoever thought of this is it probably was antifa only a vile mind could think of something so disgusting